I'm Holly. And I'm Haley. Welcome to Mountain Mysteries, Tales from Appalachia. a double double pop whoa whoa that was aggressive (laughs) didn't get your eye did it no it's okay well happy almost new year everybody yeah happy new year it is uh december 29th so we are two days away but still nonetheless cheers cheers it up real fast with our mugs cheers yes nice i know we're drinking champagne out of a coffee mug listen we do what we can it's fine we're still we're back at um in the podcast room that's right um my you know i moved over thanksgiving she hasn't unpacked her wine glasses yeah there's still some things that are you know still not out we celebrate the best we know how you know one time blonde megan and i uh (laughs) my friend blonde megan this was 2007 Mm -hmm. 2007 uh we she said, uh, oh, look, we should get the bigger bottle of wine because, mm-hmm. um, and I realized you were 10, so you couldn't, you Mm-mm. know, yeah. No. Anyway, um, but we were grownups, and so uh, she got the bigger bottle of wine because she said it was a better value, but the problem is all she had was solo cups. She did not uh, have, yeah. Yeah. We got very drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, she was dancing a lot. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Um, and I just got bossy and was like, stop dancing. I don't like that. And she thought that she, you know, was um, one of the Irish dancers. Oh, so, nice. Yes. It was, she was wasn't. It? Oh, no. So no, it wasn't, she, know, wasn't. She wasn't. A, a and and Blonde Dance. Megan, <laughs> if you are listening, or if your children are listening, they shouldn't. Um, but, yeah, it's out there now. They it's know. out there now. Yeah. 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 Um, so you have a friend, Blonde Megan and br- Brunette Megan. Uh-huh. And I recently have gotten to know a redhead Megan. I think... It, it really megan's are megan's. non-discriminatory and all hair colors yeah, they do yeah. they do yeah. yeah i just thought that was fun um okay all right so are you ready to start the almost new year with this crazy story i am so ready all right let's begin so it is ironically the first of the year it is january 1963 nice yeah apropos mm-hmm. the number one song on the radio is telstar by the tornadoes Not i a freaking I, clue me neither actually okay. and i usually know music but you this do. was like no Mm-mm. uh john kennedy would enter his final year as president he was actually killed that mm-hmm. november by a sniper bullet and the number one movie at the box office was Terrace Bulba with Tony Curtis and Haley's giving me this look. <laughs> I've never heard of this okay, either. Apparently, like, it no. is a Soviet Union kind of movie. Okay. You know, I I don't know. Like action, I guess. Maybe I don't know. It, it's, it's not on my list of thriller. <laughs> maybe not on my okay. list what is of it called? films. Please hold. Terrace T A R A S Bulba B U L B A. Haley, Haley's gonna Netflix. Terrace Bulba, yeah. Um, oh God, it looks aggressive. <laughs> Why she's probably gonna watch oh, it tonight? Oh no, it's um, um, it's take more time, please. 
<laughs> no, no, it's, I don't know what it is. You see, that was my thing, is I kind of looked at it and was like, nah. The tale of a Cossack chief who has sworn to be the eternal enemy of the treacherous Poles. So when his son falls for a beautiful Pole who has saved his life, the father is faced with the dilemma of whether to kill his own flesh and blood as a traitor. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That got intense fast. It did. It did. It um, um that yeah. was at your box office, folks. Two hours and four minutes. That's that's a lot of time. Action and adventure. It looks maybe like it could potentially be racist. I don't know. I I yeah. Maybe um, I don't know. Maybe it's fine. Um I don't think I'm gonna watch it and find out, but if you do or know about it, let us know. Definitely let us know. And uh, just so you know, Telstar by the Tornadoes sounds like this. Well, after this, after this you know, ad, quick ad for Mountain Dew, <laughs> it sounds just like this. I'm a little scared. Me too. Whoa. Okay, I'm going to end it now for copyright purposes. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that's the start of Telstar by the Tornadoes. It I'm sounds kind of into it. I think all, all January 1963 sounds really intense. And I think <laughs> you've got to think about what was going on in the world. Yeah. I mean, we've got things like we just got out of, um, you know, the big threat that we were going to be annihilated by mm, Russia. True. Yeah, so, I mean, there's just, there's a lot going on. Yeah. You know, people need intensity and and. Clearly, our movies and music um, well did that for Calhoun us. County, West Virginia is not going to disappoint them. Mm. So Great. we are traveling back to West Virginia, which, you know, here lately, this has been a, been a hot spot this for This has us. been a hot spot, and I'm not hating it. I do love West Virginia. Same. We've talked about it before. We've apparently deeply offended somebody in West Virginia at one point because I got a nasty email. But well, your brother did. It, Travis. Yes. It was Travis. Your brother did. It was. Not me. I was absent. Fine. You were absent during that yes, time. I had COVID. But listen, we still, whether you like us or not, West Virginia, we're here for we you. We like you, baby. We love you. Can't quit All it. Right. On this chilly January morning, the phone rings at Henry Welch's home. Mm. On the other line is Delfred Wilson. Delfred? Delfred. Add that to the baby name book. I won't, but all right. <laughs> um, the Welch's neighbor, Delfred, he gives them a call. Um, Delfred was actually calling from his job. He worked as a night watchman at the Rubber Fabricator Factory. Rubber Fabricator? What do they make there? Rubber? R- rubber? <laughs> I don't know. Tires? Fake rubber? Um, rubber for rubber different things? fabric? Fabric rubber? Maybe. Rubber sheets? Oh. We have so many things that we could make up that he does for a living. But you know what? At night, he watches it. He watches that rubber. He watches that rubber. They make condoms. That's maybe. He's like, well, got to go watch the rubbers. Yeah. No. I don't know. Maybe. We don't know. He does... 
He's the night watchman. That's fine. So, That's an important job. He tells Mr. Welch, his neighbor, um, that he hasn't heard from his wife, Irene, all day. Mm. And had attempted to call her multiple times without her answering the phone. Like, nothing. Mm-hmm. So he was pretty concerned about her safety and yeah. wondered if Mr. Welch would go and check on her. Right. So Mr. Welch assured Delfred that he would send he wouldn't go himself but he would send his stepdaughters uh to go and check on irene and would report back so but two things about this that i thought about was it that he preferred to send girls because it was a woman alone and he thought fair maybe that's a little more appropriate Mm -hmm. um that's or was he just like you know i'm listening to the game I'm right. not going to get up and go. Right, it's fine. Like, like I'll go send check the girls. on our neighbor. Exactly. Kids, get up. Go check on the neighbor. So he sends Diane Cochran, age 15, and her 14-year-old sister, Juanita, to go check on, you know, Mrs. Uh, Wilson. Okay. So they walk to the home, which was in the remote woods. Hmm. So not like a next-door neighbor situation. Right. Like, you know, maybe a half mile down the road, mile down the road, something to that effect. Also, he probably just didn't want to walk that. Probably not. Why didn't he drive them? The game's on. I've totally made this up. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. And his, I can feel his, uh, his family members sending me hate. Yeah, so that's fine. We don't really know. But okay. nonetheless, the girls go. They knock on the front door, but no one answers. Okay. So they open the unlocked door. Never keep your door unlocked. Um, and they call out for her. Mm-hmm. You know, Mrs. Wilson, Mrs. Wilson. But no one responds to their calls. And mm-hmm. the girls quickly notice that... Oh my gosh, there's Irene, but she is slumped over the dining room table, like onto the floor. Like over the dining room table, like half like oh on God. the floor. Like, oh my gosh. So the girls, you know, run up to her and, you know, think like, oh my gosh, maybe she fainted. Maybe she, something happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They run up and they find a horrifying sight. Mm-hmm. Um, Irene was covered in blood, in bruises, Ooh. and the girls scream. Yeah. And run out of the house, which is 100% what I would do. Same. So they go to the closest neighbor's home. um, And it was there that the girls, you know, knocked on the door and said, like, we've got to use the phone. We've got to call the police. Poor Mrs. Wilson. Right. So when police arrive on the scene a little after 10 p.m., so the girls had gone around 930, Mm -hmm. um, it appeared that Irene had been stabbed, beaten, and possibly burned. Oh. Yeah. So not just your run-of-the-mill killing. Right. Not just a, you know, home invasion gone wrong. A a very much, like, we're going to make sure you're dead kind of thing. Um, So police took photographs of the scene and sent off a butcher knife um, that was on the kitchen counter. Mm -hmm. They sent that to the crime lab for analysis. Okay. The county coroner conducted an inquest and ordered an autopsy of Irene's body, Mm -hmm. obviously. Right. After several days, Dr. Robert McDougall submitted his findings in the autopsy report. Dr. McDougall stated that Irene's cause of death was due to numerous lacerations, which resulted in perforation of the left lung and aorta, causing Irene to hemorrhage to death. So oh. she, she bled out. Yeah. She you know, bled to death, basically. Um, Dr. McDougall also noted no sign of sexual assault. Or attempted sexual assault. So this wasn't a rape. Um, Irene's hair had been burned 
And the duster that she was wearing, so women back in this day, you know, they're cleaning their house and stuff, they would wear a duster. What's a duster? What's it look like? So a duster is kind of like, it's almost like, you know, individuals would wear like do-rags or something. It's like you put your hair up in a Mm -hmm. duster so that it doesn't get Uh, anything in your hair. Like... Yes. Like a yes. like a little bandana. Sort of like a handkerchief, around. like a yes. My grandmother wears hair. one of those yes, sometimes yes. when she's cleaning. Exactly. So that's what she'd been wearing a duster. A duster. And um she half of the duster had actually been burned as well. Oh. So cuz it was in her hair yeah. and it was half like hanging off of her head, half on, you know. Weird. Yeah. So she had suffered 52 stab wounds. Along with a pretty severe beating. One of the hits that she took to her jaw had completely broken her dental plate. I mean, I know we've talked about this before, but have you ever, like... If you've ever stabbed anything... 52 times. That's a lot of energy. Yeah. In 52 times. Yeah. Haley currently is, is... kind of acting that out and it's a little unsettling <laughs> two hand stabbing oh okay wow maybe. i'm in my direction i think that <laughs> it's best that you you know try that at home at at night in <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> no mm. no not just maybe not do that that's just a lot of, it's a lot it's a lot of energy that's it a is. lot of you know anger and then to also beat her? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So, and had beaten her so severely that it broke her dental plate. <sighs> and the time of death was believed to have been anywhere between 5.30 and 6.30 p.m., so roughly about three to four hours before right. the girls found her. You know, they're able to do the, the time of death based on decomp and, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. So anyway... Once the report was released, neighbors started locking their doors for the first time ever. Yeah, that's a good idea. You should do that. Yeah, Lock your 100%. doors. Um, and windows. And exactly. And fear pretty much swept through the county with folks keeping loaded guns by their bedsides mm-hmm. and adding a lot more lighting around their house. Yeah. I don't blame them. No. That would have terrified me as well. Yeah. Um, some neighbors were so scared by the crime um, that they actually picked up and moved away. Okay. Yeah. That's like, a little yeah. much, but you do what you got to do. Listen, if you have the ability to just pick up and say, you know what, over it, I'm just do here. it. Yeah. I guess the idea of something so terrifying happening that had never happened before mm-hmm. um, could just startle you to just pick up and say, I'm over it. I'm gone. And this particular family just moved to another county. They were like, yeah, mm. we're not going to sit around here. And Mm-mm. it seemed to be the mom was really pressuring, like, yeah, the dad, like, we're we gotta, going. we got to live. Like, we're not yeah. sitting here and yeah. being killed next, you know. Right. Which makes sense since it happened to a woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. But the real question is who and why? Yeah. Why would someone do this to Irene? By all standards, she was a you know, great citizen of her community. She was described as a Christian who worked hard and was employed at a local store called Fetty's. Fetty's? Fetty's. I wonder what they sold at Fetty's. I don't know. I don't know if it was like a grocery store or it was more like a general little shop. Yeah, probably. It's one of those where if you need like a can of beans, you can find it. But also if you needed, you know, 
Some yarn. Some motor oil. Or motor oil. Oil cigarettes. Uh, some cigarettes. I mean, it is 1963, so clearly. Yeah. You know, get your pack of Marlboro. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what they were smoking Mar- back then. Yeah, probably that. Who knows? Winston, Salem Lights. Mm, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. She is this hardworking lady, and she was considered older <laughs> at the time, but she was... 52 oh yikes yeah yeah she's like oh she's an older lady at 52 at 52 which i am you know not horribly far off from 52 (laughs) your mother isn't far off from 52 and would you think of her as like an older woman i would not no me neither so no one this had anything negatively to say about poor old irene Hmm. Negatively? Negative. Negative to say? I, Whatever. It's a rough it's night. Fine. It's, it's, it's you know, tough. We're doing what we can. It's, it's the new year. It's we're trying. It's the new year. We're trying. <laughs> Almost uh, the new year. So, who would want to harm her? It's just like makes no sense. At the crime scene, poli- police quickly ruled out robbery as a motive okay. since they found a good sum of money on the dining room table yeah. um, along with jewelry and other items of value in the home. Mm. So... No one was there to take their goods and their valuables. It appeared that Irene had come home from work that evening and began cooking vegetables on the stove. She took a moment to sit at her dining room table, probably to rest. It had been a long day at the, at Fetty. At Fetty's. Um, uh, when it appears she was attacked. Mm. Damn it. Don't you hate that? Like killing it at the office you know come home to make your dinner you're exhausted you just want that dinner done and somebody you know sniffs you out yeah that does not sound fun no that sounds like a a tough tough way to go (laughs) definitely catch me on a day when i haven't worked you know 12 hours right right so was somebody already in her home hiding waiting to assault her oh i hate that like you know she didn't have her door locked clearly so did they come in while she was in the kitchen? Right. You know, I mean, seems like a plausible scenario. It does. But if rape or robbery wasn't the motive, why would someone kill her? Like, right. I mean, if it was a stranger, they would have killed her quickly and just gotten out of the house. There wouldn't be this like 52 stabs. I'm going to beat you. I'm yeah. going to burn you. It seems excessive. It feels personal. Exactly. And with the amount of stab wounds, 52. Mm-hmm which was the exact same as her age. Mm. One for each year of her life. That's a weird coincidence. Isn't it, it though? Or is it purposeful? Right. And how does everybody just know your age? Like a random stranger wouldn't know that and think like, here you go, one for every year of your life. Yeah, that feels weird. Yes, it does. I don't like it. So 52 stab wounds, it's just overkill. Yeah. The burning, the beating. This was someone who was really angry at Irene. Mm -hmm. Numerous people were on the suspect list, and several were questioned about the murder. In fact, one suspect, who was mentioned frequently by police, uh, was a local man. Mm, He suffered from schizophrenia. Okay. The man had a history of troubling behavior, and you're going to like this part, Haley. Um, in fact, he had chopped off his own penis and oh. flushed it down the toilet oh. at a local bar. Oh, no. You know. No. That's uncomfortable. 
absolutely for everyone and especially for especially him. him yeah prior to the incident um he uh was quoted as yeah stating if it offends thee cut it off which is you know scripture uh-huh. you know what is it to spite your nose and yeah cut off your your hand cut off your hand steals cut off your nose despite your face i don't know clearly i know scripture very well um but Mm. you know this is what he did prior to his self-castration uncomfortable i also i'm thinking that's gonna clog the toilet that's gonna be an issue um i feel bad for whatever bar employee had to go deal with that because that's gonna be a lot of blood yeah um that's gonna be a Hold weird, pressure on the wound. Weird scene to walk into. Mm-hmm. Um, but did he, like, he he does this, does he immediately start screaming? Or is he like, yep, done it. Can't say that I know. Out. You know, there's not a, as much information in regard to that event. I'm going to need you to find that. I tried, believe me, because <laughs> I did think that was fascinating. I was like, I want to know more about that. Yeah. Um, so I did try to investigate that a little bit more. There's so far, nothing, but I am on the penis hunt. On I will, the hunt. I am on the hunt for, you know. The information. That'll just shed more light on this, the penis. Yeah. Um, the, wow. Or lack thereof in or, this case. Yeah, or, so, yeah. you know. Wow. I, I mean, that's a weird little... Uh, tidbit to the story not saying that it was a tidbit it might have been larger right. maybe it was more of it than more of just uh, the tip. <laughs> oh there's a really inappropriate joke i'm just yeah. all right just all right all right i'm squeamish now it, i kind of am crossing my legs slightly yeah i'm like cool so Police spoke numerous times to the man, um, but they were never able to link him to the crime. And just because he had a mental illness and he was making some really poor life choices mm-hmm. did not mean that he came in and killed no, Irene. No, definitely not. But also now I'm like, how does he pee now? They have to have a catheter? Maybe. And maybe it was just the tip. Maybe. And not, you know. Or maybe it was just foreskin. Maybe it was just he, he mm-hmm. was, you know. Okay, I don't want to think about it anymore. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) sorry, y'all. All right, so police having eliminated some folks determined that it was more a crime of passion than convenience, which we had already told them. Yep. They didn't hear it, but we told them. Um, And they narrowed it down to one person. Really? Yes. Interesting. Do you know who that was? The husband. Ding, ding, ding. Gotcha. We have a winner. Yep. Delfred. Delfred. Yes. So, like Irene, Delfred, you know, was an older gentleman. He was 54. Oh, wow. Yeah, so old. Mm-hmm. A hardworking individual. Um, when questioned by police, Delfred stated that he was at work at the time the alleged crime happened, you know, at the time it happened. Right. Um, and there was just no way. Right. He says, you know, he worked the evening shift, so he had to be on duty by 5 p.m. His mm-hmm. job was several miles from the home, so, you know, by the time he left, he left around 4.30. Mm-hmm. Irene didn't get off work till 5. Right. So the two would never have crossed paths. Right. And when neighbors of the Wilsons were interviewed, they stated that Delfred actually had a really nasty temper. Mm-hmm. 
And he often got into arguments with them. Interesting. A neighbor was quoted by the local paper as saying, Delfred had a strange slant on life and liked to threaten and fight with his neighbors. Weird. Yeah. End quote. Okay. Um, so family members and the Wilson's children stated that Delfred was innocent and that police were only going after him because he was the husband. There were no other indications that he had killed her. Gotcha. Okay, so let's think this through for a second, right? All right, so we got the whole intruder theory. That goes out the window. Right. Because no sign of robbery, no sexual assault. Mm -hmm. There would be no reason um, that would have happened unless someone random just came in to kill her for the sake of it and like you know just for fun just for funsy let's you know do 52 times i mean it's not unheard of but it's just not common right so it seems highly unlikely so that theory of a stranger goes out the window okay then there's the possibility that it was someone that she knew perhaps maybe she was having a secret romance or someone wanted to get even with delfred i mean Delfred, if he was as belligerent as his neighbors said he was, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps someone that he had threatened just one too many times right. decided, okay, uh, I'm going to take some anger out on your wife and teach you a lesson. Mm-hmm. So, could be. Maybe Irene had said something to someone that offended them and they that's it. They were going to take it out on her. So, could it have been a family member who was angry with either of them? You know? The last theory would be that Delfred himself had clocked into work at five, the time that he was supposed to. Mm -hmm. He would have been the only one on the premises at the rubber... The rubber factory. (laughs) The rubbery... Rubbery? The rubbery? The rubbery factory. The rubber... What is it? Fabrication? The rubber fabrication factory. Sure. Where they make rubber. Right. Exactly. We assume. (laughs) He was the only one on the premises guarding it, you know? Right. So all the other workers had gone home. There was no one to see him. So he could have driven the few miles back home, Mm -hmm. committed the crime, Mm -hmm. and then gone back to work. Right. No one really knows or has said if the couple was having any kind of trouble in their marriage. Mm. They had been together for like over 30 years, but... That doesn't mean that there wasn't trouble brewing. Right. You know, maybe Delfred um, was abusive. Okay. Maybe he was giving her what for and it just went too far. Um, perhaps it started out with like, you know, that beating and then escalated and then he burned her hair. He stabbed her. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. he found out she was hiding something. Could have been. And he, you know, wanted to teach her a lesson. No matter what, this just points to a crime of passion. So... Sadly, though, police would not get to interview Delfred. Oh? Five months after the crime, Delfred was taken by his family to a local hospital where he was pronounced dead. It is believed Delfred had a heart attack, but as far as I've researched, no autopsy was conducted. Hmm. Delfred, of course, was 54 at the time of his death. You know, an elderly man. An elderly man. Yes, that's right. Which, I mean, you know, spontaneous heart attacks are not unheard of. No, not at Um, all. And at that age, too. And the stress of it all. Right. That's a lot of stress. So, you know, it's not uncommon to, yeah, have a sudden heart attack. Right. You know, the stress kind of gets to you and you just go. 
Um, and when you've been married to someone for that long, like they've passed, there's a lot of trauma around yeah. that. You know, sometimes people who've been married a long time die within a short time of each other. They do. They kind of can't live without each other yeah. sort of thing, you know. Yeah. Or, um, I don't know, maybe he just went on a guilty conscience. Maybe. Maybe there were other motives. Maybe there are things that we just don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's kind of suspicious. Right. Um, and that there were no other suspects. Right. It just makes more sense that he would have done it. Potentially. Possibly. Irene and Delfred's adult children stayed fairly quiet about the murder, but mm. did write to a local paper in an effort to support their father's innocence. Okay. So basically, you know, the the reporters were writing right. that, you know, oh yeah, this guy totally he killed his it. wife right. and all these things. And they were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't know our dad. Like, right. you don't know the situation, which... Obviously, of course. Fair. You would do that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You would write in support of your yeah, dad. Yeah, I would like, write in support of my dad. He didn't snuff out Lorraine. No. That's fine. No. <laughs> no, not. he'd never do that. Um, um, but the Wilson's home... Oh, I'm sorry. You were going to say? No, no. I'm just thinking, like... I mean, obviously, you're... In most cases, you know, if you've got a healthy relationship with your kids, they... Like, they know. Right. You know. And they would support you and... Right. One would hope. One would hope. <laughs> um, the Wilson's home was actually burned down, and all that remains is a patch of grass surrounded by large trees and brush. Wow. And, I mean, we're not talking 100 years ago. We're right. talking 1963. Yeah, this was... Less than 60, well, right at 60 years ago. Yeah. Irene was buried in Broomstick Cemetery. I love that. Nice. I feel like that's where you would be buried. Broomstick Cemetery. Yeah, I like it. And sadly, you know, here we are 60 years since the crime. We are no closer to finding her killer. That's crazy. Similar to some of the older cases we covered on this podcast, um, I wonder if any evidence still exists. Like, was there ever a definitive answer on the knife? Like, I know that it was found in the house. Like, was this the weapon used to kill right, her? Right, and it was sent off, wasn't it? Right. Like, was it bloody? Or did they just see a knife and know, you know, she was stabbed? And they were like, oh, yeah, this was probably it. Because Irene had actually been chopping vegetables on the counter, yeah. you know, to make for her soup. So was it just that they saw that and they were like oh must be it um you know this could speak to some premeditation if the killer mm -hmm. went back in like washed it off put it back on the counter mm -hmm. you know so someone who was scared would have like dropped the knife and ran away right right like if you were like oh gosh what was that noise oh you know you'd you would just run or if you were trying to hide it you would take the knife and mm -hmm. ditch it in a river somewhere or something right. you know her death certificate though which i got an opportunity to look at Ooh. um her death certificate does assert that she was stabbed with with a butcher knife oh um but it also says that she was stabbed only 51 times so mm. really who's to say who's to, who knows who knows you know maybe she was in the parlor with you know professor fink McKenna. Candlestick. It's the candlestick. <laughs> I really don't know. Um, I I realized that DNA processing didn't exist in 1963. Right. But fingerprints and footprint typing did. Yeah. So, like, were any of those collected? Right. Um, as far as I know, no. Mm. Um, and if some evidence does exist, is it possible to do some genetic testing to assess, like, who could the killer be or at least who are they related to. Right. Um, so, yeah. In the next three weeks, this murder will turn 60 years old. Oh, wow. 
So I just wish that there's going to be some kind of peace and finality for this family. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, there's still so many unanswered questions. Yeah. And, you know, several years ago, a former neighbor of the Wilsons asserted that the answers to all of our questions are buried with Irene in the Broomstick Cemetery. Wow. Irene. Mm. I just, I feel, you know, as always, I feel that sense of justice of like, I just want an answer. I want peace for Irene. I know, I know. And And maybe it was her husband. Maybe. You know, I mean, he would have had the time and ability to do it, but what is the rationale? Right. You know, we'll never know. And they never arrested any other suspects. That's not to say that there wasn't someone out here there who knew or who did it. Right. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. That's where hmm. we're at. That is the story of Irene Wilson. All right. <laughs> Haley, how are you feeling? Oh, are you all right? Just, I'm fine. I'm still kind of caught up on this man and his penis. <laughs> <laughs> just the fact that it's, it's no longer attached to his body. the whole thing where the story has left you <laughs> just, with the man who that, you know, right, castrated no, himself. I just, that little tidbit really just little tidbit. kind of bothered me. He's still um, looking for his tidbit. Apparently. Yeah. No, I mean... I don't know. I mean, logically, it seems like the husband did it. Right. But, I mean, if the kids are, like, adamant that he didn't. Which, I mean, people can be very deceiving. Here's something to think about, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. If you're getting that belligerent with your neighbors. Yeah. You know, like, wanting to physically fight them. That just speaks to a really hot and heavy temper that mm-hmm. you are someone who can go off kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. So it could mean that maybe he was abusive towards her. Maybe he had a hard time holding back his temper. Yeah. Maybe she said, I'm 50 blank and two, and I'm not going to put up with this stuff anymore. I work as well. Like, yeah. I, you know, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to leave or, you know, I mean, we don't know. Very well, could be. And he was like, no, you're not, and took his beating too far. Yeah. I don't know. Who's to say, really? Who knows? But here's the thing. We would like to get you guys' feedback yes. of what you think happened, and you can do so by sending us an email. <laughs> um, please don't send us anything else but emails. We don't need any penises. No. So, no, no that's no, just those. keep your body parts intact. Keep those. Um, you can do that by sending us an email at mountainmysteries.appalachian at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at Mountain Mysteries Tales from Appalachia. Find us on Instagram at mountainmysteries.appalachia. And... Last but not least, for more uh, silly, goofy content, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash mountainmysteries. Haley, do you have a shout out? I do. Um, Let's go Queens, New York. (gasps) Shout out to Queens. Queens. I do believe that's where my cousin lives. So thank you. Oh, nice. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, All right. I like it. Yeah. Well, um, we'll see you next week. Next week in a completely new year. So no, I'm not going to see you guys until 2023. That's crazy to even think about. 2023. Let's pray to God it's It's going to be be, a better year because I am this close to losing my shit. (laughs) I've already lost mine. Uh, All right. But keep your penis. Keep those.
attached if to you your have lower a body. Penis, if you have them, if you it. want to keep them, just yes. keep those. Yes. You know? That's always a good idea. Yep. All right. All right. See you next year. Bye. Bye.